Somebody shout hallelujah. Beloved, you are welcome to this episode 11 of season 4 of Biblical Forensics. The episode is a continuation of our focus on Polycarp that we began in episode 10 of this season. Today, our central question is what does the epistle of Polycarp say? Some of us do not even know that it's an epistle called Epistle of Polycarp. Like we mentioned in the previous episode, Polycarp is one of the foremost apostolic fathers. And in the mode of, it was in the mode of uh, uh, Paul and John, he actually studied under the feet of John the Beloved, and he left letters to reinforce the faith and, of course, the character of the believers around him in, in a place uh, called Semia in modern day Turkey today. So a key legacy of Polycarp is the short letter that he wrote to Christians in Philippi. Of course, Apostle Paul also wrote to people in the Philippians. His short letters to the Philippians and eyewitness account of his courage under fire, as we mentioned in the previous episode of BP, inspired the early church and those of Paul's having access to his writings today. Because there is access to his writing, that's why I can actually do two episodes on, on, on it. Beloved, the, the, the epistle of Polycarp to the Philippians is a short compilation that reminds us of what the apostles before him said and what they did. It reinforces what is important, lay emphasis on what is holy. Although the book meaning the epistle, does not provide a new revelation. It actually causes us to remember things that Christians must hold dear to themselves as written by all, uh, of most of the, the, the authors of the New Testament and as also demonstrated in the life of the 12 apostles and more importantly, um, Apostle Paul. So it's, it's, it's a book on emphasis. It's a book on remembrance. It's a book that is meant to reinforce our faith. Beloved, the epistle of, of Polycar is significant in many fronts, but I want to cite two in this episode. Number one, the epistle shows the mind and art of the early church leaders. Because you can relate, and you will see that shortly, to a lot of things that Polycarp was saying in his epistle. Number two, the epistle also shows how widespread the acceptance of the New Testament was as at that time. This is notable as the New Testament books were not canonized at the time Polycarp wrote his epistle. No, no, no. It was... Polycarp wrote his epistle 200 years before the canonization of uh, the New Testament books, or the Bible as we know it today. In fact, the New Testament books were only canonized two centuries after the publication of the epistle of Polycarp. Yet, Polycarp quoted more than 50 passages or, yes, or verses from the New Testament. Notably, he quoted Apostle Paul, close to 30 times or even more. 
some of some of them we will, we will see shortly. So the epistle therefore reaffirmed the familiarity of Polycarp with Paul and the other apostles. It shows that indeed Polycarp studied under the feet of John the Beloved. So let's look at some of the extracts from the epistles that reinforces the faith of the early church and they are still relevant to us today because they are found, they are found in most of Bible passages. In chapter 1 of the epistle of Polycarp, it's talked about squarely what every one of us born again Christian believe in. That we are saved by grace, not by our works, not by what we do. Not by how many times we go to church. Not that it's bad to go to church. It's good for us to go to church. The Bible asks us to gather. So we have to go to church. It's there in Hebrews and it's there in Psalms. We must not forsake the assembly of the brethren. But regardless of what we do, whether we pay our tithe, we sweep the church, we sing, we are ush we are doing usher, ushering. All this is, is not the reason why we are saved. We are saved only by the unmerited favor of God. And that is similar to what is written in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 to 9 by Apostle Paul. Then when we go to chapter 2 of the epistle of Polycarp, it says to us clearly that we must not return evil for evil. We must not return accusation for accusation. We must not return blow for blow. We must not return cause for cause. What must we do? We must return good for evil. We must return prayer instead of cause. We must also not judge anyone. So that we are not judged. And you know, there are many Bible passages in the New Testament talking about this. First Peter 3, 9, for example, says, We must not repay evil with evil or insult. And yet when people insult some of, some of us, whether we are minister or worker in the church, or we are even member, or we are the presiding bishop, general of ourselves a mission, then we take offense. And begin to lay accusation and calling meetings, kangaroo meetings, to embarrass our fellow brothers. Instead of us to obey the word of God and return good for evil. Chapter 3 of the Epistle of Polycarp emphasizes what Apostle Paul said and taught consistently. He emphasized the truth of the word of God. That is chapter 3. In chapter 4, I urge any one of us that have access to the epistle of Polycarp to look at all these texts. I'm just summarizing because biblical references is, 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 is a short way of encouraging us. Chapter 4 flagged the fact that the love of money is the root of every kind of evil. It is there in the Bible, 1 Timothy 6.10. 1 Timothy 6.10. The love of money is the root of all evil. Is there in the New Testament. Is there in the Apostle of Polycarp. Chapter 5 of the Epistle of Polycarp says, We must walk worthy of the commandment and glory of God. We must please God like Abraham did and Noah did. That is when we are working with God. We must please God. When we are, 
where we are asked to choose between pleasing man and God. God must come, must come first. If God gives us instruction, well, we might be the minority at that particular time, but we must obey what the Lord has said to us. Chapter 6 of the Epistle of Polycarp says, We must be compassionate and merciful, not to the people that are only close to us, but to all, regardless of creed, race, or color. We must be compassionate and merciful to all. Ephesians 4.32 says almost the same thing. In, in, in the New Testament. It says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ has forgiven you. If we go to Proverbs 25, in the Old Testament, 21-22 says, almost the same thing. Almost the same thing. It says, When your enemy is hungry, feed him on air. In so doing, you have helped yourself. That is ah, Look at it. You have done what? You have Help yourself. Chapter 7 of the Epistle of Polycarp says that we must forsake vanity, just as Jonah 2.8 told us. We must forsake, especially lying vanity, we must forsake it. And more importantly, we must flag false doctrine and forsake them. That's chapter 7 of the Epistle of Polycarp. And when we read 1 Timothy 6, 3 to 5, is telling us clearly to run away from false teachers, false prophets, and false pastors. It's fashionable for everybody to be a prophet these days. We must not touch them. We must not celebrate them. Praise the Lord. Chapter 8, quickly. Chapter 8 of the Epistle of Polycarp says to us what Galatians 2.20 says to us. We must imitate the patience of Jesus Christ. We must not be in haste. In fact, Proverbs, the, the book of Proverbs shows clearly that anybody that is too hasty will not be innocent. You won't get good results. So, we must imitate the patience of Jesus Christ. That's chapter 8 of the Epistle of Polycarp. It's there in Galatians 2.20. Then in chapter 9 of the book from Polycarp, the letter of Polycarp to the church in, Philipp, in Philippi, Says we must obey the word of God in righteousness. We must obey the word of righteousness. It's re echo Luke eleven twenty eight that says to us clearly that we are blessed only when we hear and obey the word of God. It's not about hearing alone, but when we obey it. May the Lord bless our beloved Daddy Gio, the open heaven. Authored by Pastor E. Adeboye has been addressing the word of God in the last few days. This is very, very clear. We hear and we obey. Then we'll be blessed. And that shall be our portion in the mighty name of Jesus. Let's be very quick as we run to, to, to the closing line. Chapter 10 says in the epistle of Polycarp, says we must be firm and unchangeable in our faith in God. That aligns clearly with 1 Corinthians 16, 13. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. That says we must start firm in faith. Unshakable. Even in the face of fire. As the life of Polycarp exemplifies. Chapter 11 says we must abstain from conversiousness and every form of evil. We can find that also in Ephesians 5, 3. Ephesians 5, 3. 
chapter 12 of his book says, we can be angry. That is okay, but we must not sin. You can compare that with what is written in Ephesians 4, 26. In other words, as Christians, we must deal with anger. We must deal with bitterness from the source and remove it. And run away from people that cannot deal with it. Chapter 13 of the Epistle of Polycarp says, Faith and patience should edify us. And that is similar to what Colossians 2, 6-7 is saying. So, faith and patience should build and it will establish us as Christians. Chapter 14, the final chapter of the Epistle of Polycarp says, We should be saved in the Lord Jesus Christ. Not saved in the hand of a man or in the hand of, of, of a pastor, of a bishop, or what, what. But in the hand of God. Beloved, just as Paul opened and closed his letters, this is very key for you to know that Polycarp demonstrated all the attributes of the early fathers of the church. He ended his epistle with grace. Polycarp closed his epistle to the Philippians with grace be with you all. And grace be with you all, the listeners of Biblical Finances in the mighty name of Jesus. BP for this episode, quickly. Biblical Finances for this episode. Polycarp shaped the church by relying on the writings of the apostles, especially John and Paul. Christian leaders of today can also shape the church by relying on the early fathers like John and Paul. Beloved, he shaped the church, Polycarp shaped the church by his system of doctrinal purity. We can also do the same in our parishes and fellowship as leaders. He also shaped the church by the powerful testimony of his martyrdom. We can shape people in a circle of influence with positive legacy of godly works. Beloved, number four, BP. Polycarp exemplified Christian courage under fire. Leaders should do the same. We must not compromise under fire. The death of Polycarp is this courage in believers. Leaders should use their actions and conduct to instill confidence and courage in others. Beloved, let us take our biblical quote from the epistle of Polycarp, even though it's not in the Bible, but I'm going to read it verbatim. It says, Therefore stand fast in these things and follow the example of the Lord, being firm and unchangeable in the faith. Love the brotherhood, be attached to one another, join together in the truth, exhibit the meekness of the Lord in your interaction with one another and despise no one. Beloved, regardless of what you go through in life, do not despise anyone. Let us pray. Father, all glory and honor belong to you for yet another insight to the of conferences. Lord Jesus, please help us to share the church and parish and fellowship positively in the mighty name of Jesus. Grant us the courage to love and insist on doctrinal purity in the mighty name of Jesus. Jesus, most precious. Whenever I call your name, you make a way. Your name is a strong tower. Jesus, way Beloved, if you enjoyed this episode, please like us on our various media platforms and also join us at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Restoration House online or on site in Blue South Africa. We welcome comments from you. Please use all our platforms on Facebook, 
as well as YouTube. Till we come to you in the next episode of Biblical Phonesis, may the Lord keep you safe and blessed. May He shower you with divine wisdom daily to succeed in the mighty name of Jesus.